Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Joypad Podcast. Nailed it! Uh, I'm Megan, as always, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts Tom, Pinto, and Fleming. I don't know what else to say. So Tom, what are you doing? I mean, not what are you doing. How are you doing? What are you drinking? What are you playing? How are you doing? I am doing well. I am drinking my normal creamsicle energy drink and a cup of tea, aka leaf juice. Um, as well as a glass of water because I'm a man of many drinks. I have been playing a couple games. First of all, uh, my wife and I finally, finally, finally finished The Last of Us 2. Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, I know there was some concern voiced early on that we would have concerns or I would have concerns about the game. But overall, um, I quite enjoyed it. I found that the ending was very je ne sais quoi. Uh, unfulfilling, and I think that was by design. Yeah. Um, Pinto, Pinto and I had a, a couple of conversations about this uh, earlier in the week. Yeah, I think it had a message, and it got that message across, and um, I didn't totally hate Abby by the end, even though I was still trying to blast her face off. Um, <laughs> even when I was playing as her in the Ellie fight, I was just like trying to let her lose, because I was worried that if she won, then Ellie was going to die. Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to go. That like final, final that fight was awful. It was horrible. I hated every minute of it. <laughs> the fight in the water. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fight in the water. I was just like, stop killing each other. <laughs> just isn't end it. Fun anymore? <laughs> this was never fun. I thought it was a, a great game. So, uh, will I replay it? Uh, probably not, because misery is sad. um but i did look through the the kind of new game plus options and was tempted a little bit (laughs) by uh infinite ammo one shot kill and uh uh melee weapon one hit kills and all that stuff because i greatly enjoyed the combat in the game um i just like if i could just go back and play that rattler level like a thousand Mm -hmm. times with infinite ammo and one shot kills That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I have no sympathy for any of those fools. No. Oh, I forgot about um, that. I feel like you go through that area so quickly. In- incredibly quickly. But I-, I killed all of them. No regrets. Oh, me too. Uh, they all had to go. Uh, I let a couple of the zombies live. <laughs> I used the zombies <laughs> to kill them. Yeah. Uh, we had we had one person that went down. I think their name was like Alice or something. And uh, someone kept going, where's Alice? And then I would like, get that guy. Then someone else would show up and they'd go, they got Alice. No one ever cared about anyone other than Alice. It was amazing. Um, But yeah, uh, so we started a a more lighthearted game after that. And we started playing um, Mario Brothers Wii U Deluxe. (laughs) Which involves just as much murder, but in a much more comical and child-friendly fashion. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's, that's been fun. I, uh, also, uh, fun story involves just as much, if not more frustration from my part when I run into levels that are difficult. (laughs) Um, but I, I think that's been about it. We've also been playing some more selection, um, but I will let, uh, my other co-hosts talk more about that as I have already elaborated on my Last of Us 2 experience. So Mr. Michael Fleming, you tell us about what you are drinking, how you're doing, and what games you have been playing. Well, I have my water. 
sky juice, as we call it sometimes. And I also have my unsweetened iced tea from Wendy's, unsponsored, but please do so, uh, which is leaf juice and also delicious. Um, and yeah, so otherwise I'm doing fine. I've been playing uh, War Selection, as you mentioned, with you guys, a little bit on my own as well, but mostly just with you guys. Um, been fun. Still enjoying the game a lot. Uh, it's nice to get back to an RTS that I enjoy. Um and it's also not as difficult as like something like Starcraft Brood War trying to play that. It's just it's so intense. Every game exhausts me. Not War Selection, fortunately. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Planet Coaster because I like roller coasters and that's been fun. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise I've been kind of um, I, I don't I, I've like looked at games and I'm like, oh, I really want to play that. But I haven't had enough motivation to sit down for hours on end um, and play. Uh, so, like, I have um, Baldur's Gate 3, and I want to play it, and I really, really want to play it. And, like, I started it for, and did maybe 10 minutes of gameplay. And I was like, this is going to be a lot of effort. <laughs> I just decided not to do it. Um, so, that's on my to-do list when I have more time, probably in the next month or so. I uh, I can hit on one thing you said there really quick and just having all the games and wanting to play them but not having the time. <laughs> yeah. I found something online recently called Steam Gauge, which will show you um, how much you've spent on your library of games Ooh. and how many hours you've played. And it actually breaks down the cost per hour. How does it know how uh, much you paid versus like what the game costs at that time? Um, it might be able to query it from your account because you have to give oh, okay. uh, public I, I don't know how much, I don't, you know, it just uses your public profile information. Gotcha. So I guess Steam kind of just knows. I mean, I hate to sound pretentious, but I don't really care about the cost because my Steam library is not that big, um, really. I've probably spent no more than, let's just say $1,000, and even that I think is high. But, you know, sure. in the grand scheme of a, you know, 30-something uh, worker, it's not an insane amount of money. And that's also over the span of, 16 years um that I've right had it. so it's not even like it's been that much over every year but Baldur's Gate definitely is a new game definitely cost 50 or 60 dollars when I uh, picked it up and I'm like I really want to play that so yeah I don't know if I would give my account information to a third no, party it's... vendor to find that out but I do look at the um my profile how many hours I've played and also like I think like I said Baldur's Gate uh, 3 has like 34 minutes or something played so it's one of those i'm like i'm gonna play this it's on my to-do list thanksgiving and the holiday season's coming and maybe i'll get some time off then and i'll have more time to do it but for now i'd also much rather play with you guys for example in in something like war selection than play that so it's been like planet coaster in the evenings prior and then war selection late at night as uh as we can so that's been all about me really though um mr michael pinto what have you been up to? What are you drinking? A beer tonight, I hope. And uh, what are you playing? I have a Braces Orchard Peach Hard Cider. Same as last week. Because I don't really drink except when we do this podcast. Occasionally, if I'm gaming, I'll drink. But only if I'm socially gaming. I also have water, of course. I haven't been doing much beyond working. Today is my first day off since last thursday of course uh gaming all i've been really playing is war selection Uh, i played some among us last week with 
uh, some friends. That was interesting and fun and also <laughs> full of um, chaotic energy. That uh, Very. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a game, depending who you're playing with, that you can only play for short amounts of time before it'll just get to be a little too much, maybe. Too tense or just like, you know, it takes too much energy to play? There's a lot of yelling. <laughs> So I guess, it, again, it depends who you're playing with. <laughs> it, it's it, a game of accusations. Yes. It won't end friendships. I, I don't think it's that far. Um, would you say, Pinto? I, I said it has potential to be a friendship ender, but only yeah. if you're taking it super seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I played Monopoly with Tom and Fleming and some of our other friends in college once, and I never said again. never again. I I was I was happy to lose, and I said I'm never playing Monopoly with you guys again. Ever. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, us. Excuse me. It was Mega Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. This, thank I think you it very was like much. Monopoly over Empire ten years ago. And yeah. yeah, I've never played Monopoly with them again. I've played many other games with them, but not Monopoly. <laughs> uh, I recently jumped back into Spelunky today in an attempt to try to beat it, so I can try out Spelunky too. But nice. I don't know if it's gonna. Would happen. it be? You mentioned it last week, I think. Would it? You said it'd be easier if we played as a team because I was considering no. picking it up and playing. Oh, no. I thought, oh no! It'd be yeah. harder if we played as a team, but it'd be fun. Oh God! It's such a difficult game. I have it. It's very difficult. <laughs> I've never played it. I have it. Megan, do you you have it on PC or just uh, PlayStation? Uh, PlayStation, but I can easily obtain it for the it's PC. Very, See, very that's a good four-person game that maybe we should uh, we should all yeah. hop on together. I'm into it. Let's talk Let's about ending things. Done. Yeah. So that's that's about what I've been up to. I also jumped into Zelter. Um, it is a survival, a zombie survival game, but it's in early access right now, and. There's just not a lot to it, so. Is it yeah, I know. Daisy no, I was just gonna ask the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Daisy. It like it just launched. It's eight bit oh, wow. or no, like sixteen bit. Sorry. Yeah, it's so, reminiscent of Stardew. Yeah, it's reminiscent oh, really? of Stardew, but there's no multiplayer yet. Uh, that was one of their stretch goals for their funding. I don't know if they met it or not. I'm a terrible person and did not donate to the funding, but I did buy the game in early access. Then you did. You, you, so you helped. So. You helps. I I think so. Yeah, that's uh, that's about where I'm at. Megan, it rolls back Yo. around to you. What are oh. you drinking? How are you feeling? What have you been playing? And what's our, our topic of discussion? Yeah, we, we should talk about that. So uh, I'm feeling pretty okay. It's thump day, which means tomorrow is Friday. And uh, then I have the weekend to myself, hopefully. We'll see. That's debatable. Uh, I'm drinking my leaf water, as always. And uh, as far as what I'm playing, nothing too new. Still on Fall Guys. Uh, we played Among Us. I played with Pinto over the weekend, like he discussed. Um, I did pick up Mafia, the definitive edition. I think what the oh, original so you came out up, on PS2. So you picked up Among Bite Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no. This is uh, this is like an actual like mob game. Um, I think it was originally out on the PS2, and they did like a remaster. But I think it's worse than the original. They made it look really pretty, but as far as controls and everything else, it's pretty it's pretty bad. So I don't know how long I'll stick with it. It was on sale, though, so I don't feel horrible about it. Um, 
But yeah, nothing too new to discuss game-wise. As far as what we'll be discussing tonight, um, as I think a lot of you know and I've discussed, I spend a lot of money on games, on gaming things. And last weekend I was strongly debating buying the Oculus um, Quest 2 because I really like VR and I have a group of friends that are all acquiring VR headsets and Mm. VR is something I'd like to do with a lot of people um, rather than playing solo because it gets hard and it gets boring. Um, But this led me into thinking about another trip down, you know, nostalgia lane. Um, But my favorite like gaming apparatus, apparati, apparatuses, what's the plural? Uh, Mike, you are. (laughs) What's that? Apartment. Apartment? Okay, perfect. Um, (laughs) But it really. Paraphernalia. (laughs) <laughs> that's better but it, it made me think about different different things that you can get for gaming as we were growing up we're all in our 30s now i think correct so we've seen a lot of developments in technology and uh different things that you could purchase or would come with games to either improve the experience or it could make it worse so i just kind of wanted to see how you guys felt and what things you liked or maybe there's something now that you're really into uh, or maybe there's something that was released years ago and they've only improved it over time with technology. Um, like, for example, one thing that I loved in my first real experience with like a device improving a game experience was the Saturn 3D controller, uh, which they bundled with Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. I don't know if any of you gentlemen are familiar with that game, but it featured uh, an analog stick and analog triggers uh, because they real like it was a controller they developed based on the N64 controller because they realized the Saturn controller that they already had would make it really difficult to play the game. Um, and it was like, I think really my first experience with an analog control, well, an analog joystick. So can, can we agree Saturn like and, and Genesis <laughs> controllers in general were pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. Were. Um, the the idea the idea of having three buttons side by side was just not great, um, but the idea of the analog joystick is great. Yeah. Um, I I actually remember playing a PlayStation One, and them not having the DualShock controller yet, mm. and then moving over to the DualShock controller setup, and um, you know they still had the the button in the middle that you could press to turn analog on and off. Yep. And that actually would do things in certain games. And I remember, you know, I was young enough that I was playing Croc on PS One <laughs> in front of in front of the television while my my dad was watching another uh, TV, and uh, I was using the um, the D pad to move around and stuff. My dad was like, "Why don't you use the freaking joystick? It's probably easier. Just do that." <laughs> and I I was a kid. I was like, "Okay," and I did. I turned turned it on, and I was like, "Oh." This greatly more comfortable <laughs> it was a little bit i mean it took some getting used to just because you know growing up with a super nintendo controller you were kind of used to that flat yeah button mush mashy pad um but even now like like i said we've been playing super mario and i use the d-pad on that because that's that's where mario lives in my head mario lives on the d-pad <laughs> all right my fingers hurt after playing for a while you can only hold right for so long before it freaking hurts throw it to the mothers of invention uh, the analog stick all bow down look at us now yeah do you guys remember the uh the rumble pack 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember the Rumble Pack really well. It was a, a fun time when you had to buy accessories to make your uh, controllers do things. So many um, batteries. I even yeah, I even oh had my a, uh, a control uh, even before that. Um, the the controller um, for oh goodness, whichever Nintendo machine um, where it had the uh, like you were able to like slide over a button and make it auto press A or B or whatever. Do you guys remember that turbo controller? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, I remember those as well. We had one, and I would use it for like um, the Chrono Trigger drinking uh, game, um, where you have to drink <laughs> the beers and at the festive um, the festival or whatever. Yeah, that, I used that because it would just mash the A key for you. <laughs> so I would just like keep them set up right there, and I could get a lot of points. Then it was very nice. Well, I, I ended up using that for uh, Metroid actually, because uh, Metroid to me was really hard. But if you could do this bomb jump as mm-hmm. Samus, and if you use turbo controller, you could basically bomb jump into infinity, and you could kind of break the game a little bit and get into like areas you weren't supposed to at a certain time. So that's the one I really remember using that for. And then um, on the PS1 again, Metal Gear Solid, um, there's the torture scene with Ocelot, where he specifically tells you not to use a turbo controller because he'll know and he'll just torture Meryl more. But he doesn't know, and you can just use a turbo controller <laughs> to win. Um, I think I actually Wait, he bought actually, a PS1. He actually says in like the script, like, don't use a turbo controller. Uh, yes. He, I don't he remember He literally that. does. Yep, he says, don't even think about using a turbo-type controller, because I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> like his raspy old I man find voice. This. Hopefully it's on YouTube uh, or something. It's, it's, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. Um, but it was really hard for me to do with my little kid fingers, um, and uh, the turbo controller got me through that. Yeah, <laughs> and then the last one that I I clearly remember, is, like I feel like it's kind of gone away a lot. A lot of these accessories, from my perspective, they're kind of mm-hmm. starting to come back. But the other, the last one that I can remember, and I think it was only for the Game Boy Color because the Game Boy was way too thick. But there was a big problem with the early Game Boys where you couldn't. Uh, see the screen very well yeah they weren't they weren't backlit so on the game boy color there was like an accessory that you could like put at the top of it it would connect to it and it flipped down and it had two lights on it and it would like light up the screen more and if i remember right it also had a magnif like it could also magnify the screen a little bit for you and you guys are nodding your heads so you guys remember this too because i used to take that and plug it in and then like put like the sheets over my head so no one could see it (laughs) and i was like play games all night and I played Pokemon for hours and hours. And it was so wonderful. I, I got, I got news for you, my friend. They still make those. They did have, they did have one of them for the it original for the big Boy, old yeah. gray brick. I, I have remember the still. original one for the Game Boy. I remember the Game Boy Color one. Yeah, it was big and clunky and went right over the top of it. It had the magnifying glass. Oh man, I I had one friend that had the uh, the magnifying glass thing, and. Uh, sometimes i i went to daycare and we would just like trade accessories and stuff oh, okay. like some people would have a game gear or whatever and you would just trade off one day and be like hey man can i play your game gear you can play with game boy and just trade off but yeah that was that was kind of my experience with that he fell asleep early at like one of the daycare sleepovers and that light came in handy because everything was out i was playing game boy at nighttime it was great yeah that's what i had too as well i I shared a room with my brother for the first like ten-ish years of my life, something like that. So that's how I did it too. I I think we definitely come from a time where we had to buy accessories to make our gaming life better. 
or easier. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Pinto? You're you're kind of quiet. What are your experiences? This is probably a forgotten uh, accessory because it was not successful, and they made very few games for it. The Nintendo Super Scope for the Super Nintendo. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Super Nintendo Rocket Launcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how many games they made for that? Like three. I have yeah, it. There was very few. There was the one that came with it that was like, play Tetris with a gun. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and sure. then uh, Yoshi Safari, which was actually a pretty cool game. But that's all they did with it. It needed six AA batteries, and it drained the crap out of them super fast. And uh, I just wish they had done more with it. Because I always loved gun peripherals, though I'm not a gun user in real life. I'm like, this is fun. You yeah. know, in our arcade episode, we talked about how I was a huge fan of the House of the Dead games because I got to mm-hmm. shoot zombies. And I love shooting zombies in any video game, and it's more fun if you have an actual gun to do it with. <laughs> I had the one that you used to, like, shoot the ducks. Yeah, the um, light gun. The yeah. zapper. Sorry. Yeah, the zapper. I had that. Well, my, my parents mostly had it because I was very young. I think they had it when I was, like, born. It feels like forever ago. Um, but I remember being a very young child having that um, around the house. I remember the, just to jump back a minute to the Super Scope, I didn't have one, but my friend Mark did. And uh, I tried to borrow that and uh, Yoshi Safari, I think was the game. And that thing must have broken super easy because even with the millions of giant batteries that it took, I could not get it to work for the life of me. Did you also um, and that was just bring a... the part that you had to plug into the <clears throat> Super Nintendo to detect the, the scope? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> That's important. I was, I was young. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> but I, I do think it, like, there are some accessories. Now, I'm going back on like 10 years now, but... Um, I th- I personally thought things like Guitar Hero and yes. Rock Band with yeah. all of the accessories you had, you know, that came in that kit were going to s- kind of stick around. I'm I, I know I've mentioned it before, but I am surprised that it's an extra like way to make money off. They the just game filed you... a new patent for guitar they did? controllers. Ooh. Yay! Yeah, they did. We did it again. Oh, we've done it again. We did it again. We did it again. <laughs> no, but like that, I mean. The, the way I look at it is you sell your game, your game's 50 bucks, especially like a single player kind of game. You own it like Last of Us, you know, you're never going to get another thing. But if there was an accessory yeah. you needed to play that game in some way, you know, um, then... I've gone through so many drum kits. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. I remember, uh, Pinto, you had to get that special metal uh, foot pedal because you kept breaking the pedals of the normal <laughs> uh, Guitar Hero set. I got a heavy foot. What can I say? You also were the only one to play drums most of the time. Tom played drums. I played drums. I, I, and I beat them just as hard. No. <laughs> How many times yeah, did so- we have to solder Tom's red drum pad? Uh, a lot. A lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot. We, we got it working for a while. Uh, no, something like that. It really only had one use just for Rock Band or Guitar Hero. And usually by the time another one came out it was on like a next generation console so then you had to buy a whole new set of instruments yeah true i mean and they do take up a lot of space so i I kind of understand why it went to the side but i think that there's still a certain market for it like i would never go buy a drum set but or a or a guitar for that matter i i I, especially a nice one I, i just can never see myself really doing that but 
I play plenty of video games. I could certainly buy something like that and not feel too bad that I spent, you know, the the bit of money those things cost. Yeah. You know, 100 or $200 versus, you know, $400 plus. <laughs> Drum sets are thousands, right? <laughs> yeah. They're good ones, yep. so. You can get one for like 500 bucks, but. Eh. It won't be great. Yeah. That'd be okay. <laughs> It'll make noise. Yeah. It would make noise, definitely. It'll be drums. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really loved all of the uh, the music peripherals. The one I never got was the keyboard for Rock Band, which I always kind of wanted. They had a keyboard? I know you do. Yeah, it came rock out band for Rock four? Band 3. Oh, three. I don't remember that. Yeah. That was the one where they started to kind of fade out. It is, <clears throat> yes. To be honest. Okay. Um, rock Band 2 was just so all-encompassing. <laughs> yeah. Um. That I guess I didn't really need to go much further. Yeah. Well, they're also or, better uh, in person, those kind of games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or DJ Hero, they had the uh, turntable. I still um, have that. Controller. It had, like, three buttons, and you would spin it. Um, or Tyco Drum Master, which is my favorite. It holds a special place in my heart. I almost bought that. I love Tyco Drum. Recently. I, I still have the little drum. It's in my closet at my parents' house. For uh, anyone listening that doesn't really know what a taiko drum is, it's a traditional Japanese drum um, that's played both on the sides and on the top of the drum head Mm -hmm. with uh, two heavy sticks. Um, And this game, I think we talked about it a little bit in our our arcade game episode. Yeah. Um, In my opinion, that's the best version of it because you get the giant full-size kind of taiko drum (laughs) and you get to beat the the heck out of it. Um, But yeah, home version really nice <laughs> really obnoxious but <laughs> oh yeah but let me ask so megan you you mentioned vr and i don't think any of us have discussed it like i yeah. i personally have not had like i i sometimes people are like hey check this out in vr and i'm like okay mm-hmm. and i have put on a couple of vr headsets at like innovation expos through my work and a couple things yeah. like that and i'm always like this is cool but I don't know. Like it, it just never seems to like kind of click with me. I wonder if if you're like, why are you leaning towards getting one and and wanting to have that kind of uh, experience? So I I do have the PlayStation VR for the PS4, um, and I've I've had a pretty positive experience with it. The only issue I have is I don't have a lot of friends that own them, and there is a lack of like. Uh, multiplayer games at least on the playstation vr itself but just the experience for me is way different than sitting down and playing a regular console game either alone or with friends Uh, i think it's a as far as like immersion you know 10 times better you put on that headset and you put in your earbuds or headphones whatever and you are in that world like I'll be playing and sometimes I just start talking to things in the game, not even really thinking about it. Um, it it's just, it's a whole different experience. And I think it, it greatly improves at least gaming for me. So like what games in particular? Um, I mean, I, I play everything from Job Simulator where, you know, you're at a museum <laughs> with robots and okay. you're... <laughs> Um, it's, it's like the setup is you're going to this museum and you get to experience jobs that humans might've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So like you are working at a convenience store or you're working in like an office and they want you to like make coffee, start your computer. And it's just stupid little things like that. It's not Mm -hmm. anything too crazy. 
um, or even like a, a horror game, like Resident Evil 7. Yeah, that's um, where I would think. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I can't remember. They put human others. meat in my mouth and I wasn't a fan. <laughs> and there are... I stopped. <laughs> there are definite limitations, which I think maybe ruins the experience a bit for some people, just because the technology isn't there yet, especially with like locomotion where you're still moving in the game but you're standing in one place. So it, it can cause a disconnect. It's it's somewhat jarring. But I think as technology advances and VR is is more of a permanent staple, I think, in gaming than it has been in the past, and it's more accessible to people, that they'll improve upon it. But um, It's just so much higher quality now than it had been in the past. I mean, I... Think about the Virtual I, I, Boy. I, oh, my gosh. Well, vir, vir, you know what? Virtual Boy was... I remember trying out a virtual boy at a kb toys to uh to date myself um <laughs> well i guess virtual boy is already dating myself um but it it was it was just so crazy to kind of see a video game in depth <clears throat> yeah um, even though it was nothing but a bunch of red lines and mario playing tennis poorly um <laughs> but you know I, I mean that kind of blew me away and really got me into vr at that time I, I've only really used VR once when I used a friend's VR headset. Um, shout out to you, John, um, to play Resident Evil 7. And it was in that cinematic where someone fed the sloppy, slimy human meat directly <laughs> into my mouth. And I mean, you, you, it's such a different experience doing that in VR yeah. than it is just watching yeah. it on the TV because I actually felt like you know, with the perspective that something was actually going to go into my mouth. And, mm-hmm. like, I, like, took off the headset and, like, was, like, covering my mouth because I was so just thrown off yeah. by it. Even just the element of sound, it, it, it enhances hmm. it greatly. I definitely think that horror or, you know, ex- explorer, exploration kind of games are yeah, much yeah, yeah. more where this uh, kind of thing would work. Um you know, because like I remember watching plenty of people play, for example, Daisy, um, which has a beautiful map, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember times where I'd be on top of a mountain just like looking down on the, you know, major cities of that, like Chernogorsk um, or Electro. And I'd just be like, this game is actually really nice, especially as like the game Arma that it's based on. Um, so anyone that's played the Arma franchise wouldn't understand, but um the games are always like cutting edge to the point that like you can barely play that game when arma 3 came out like your graphics cards had to be pretty top notch your processor pretty top notch to get the full experience but as they get a little bit older and you know the uh cpus and gpus catch up you can kind of realize when you're playing at max settings like this game is really good looking so like Mm -hmm. those kind of games if they could be displayed through vr I can imagine would be such an awesome experience, especially for people who can't, you know, get out into the world and experience those kind of places. Like it's cool to imagine being like, I'm, you know, in New York city and then I'm somewhere else like in, in Europe in a fraction of a second through a game. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, we're all sitting at home right now. If we could have a really good like social simulator through a VR experience, I mean, that would be, kind of a game probably changer very helpful for all the mental health people or mental health problems people are having right now um. i mean i think they're even using it too for um 
uh, for like inmates that are are soon going to be released from prison so they could you know see what the world is like now on the outside where they can experience that and put on the, the ones VR that had headset. like 25 years and in, inside yeah or like they aren't they don't even know what, what the heck is the internet yeah, they don't even really well, know yeah like think about is. an iphone so one of the the one area that i have a problem with it is cost um i yeah i personally think i've seen them just growing in cost like they haven't really gotten cheaper from what i've mm-hmm. seen at least the ones that like actually are practical or or would connect to like the PlayStation 5 or, um, you know, right. Xbox One, uh, those kind of systems. I do think those systems are going to drive it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, those VR headsets cost as much as, like, a brand new graphics card or something yeah. like that in the hundreds, if not potentially up to $1,000 cost. I will say one thing to counter that with, like, the Oculus, which part of my hesitation is it's owned by Facebook which I don't like, and you have to connect it to your Facebook profile. And if you deactivate your Facebook profile, you can no longer play your VR games, uh, which I think is stupid. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. (laughs) But the Quest specifically in the Quest 2, it's a self-contained VR unit. So you don't even need a PC to use it. So I think it's like a three, I think it's $300 for 60, for a 64 gigabyte oculus quest 2 and then it's like 400 for 250 or something like that um but you just you don't need anything other than the headset and the controllers that it comes with which i think is not bad yeah yeah definitely i mean i i'm not opposed to it to try it um oh sure but i don't think it's something that like i mean i'm not a big console player in general yeah um so like it would take a pretty big jump for me to get you know, all the necessary things to use that right. to the point of the concept of accessories, which is kind of funny because at the start of this episode, I was like, oh, I've, only, <laughs> I've spent like a thousand dollars, which is like nothing on my Steam library. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's just the idea of like, oh, I'm spending that much money just to do VR games. I'm kind of like, right. I don't know nah. if that makes sense. Well, it's something you're already not certain if you're going to engage in. Whereas the Steam games, you know you're probably yeah, going to play definitely. at some right. point, or at least you feel like you are. I, I do think at some point I'd get a PS5. It just will probably be a little while. It's always better to get a console after its launch, yeah. because then all the games are out, and the games that were out at launch have decreased in price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think VR is kind of the same way, where like there's a rapid evolution of the technology right now. Yeah. Um, it hasn't come to the point, you know, it's it's almost like the very, very early console wars where it's like Atari versus Intellivision yeah. and stuff like that. For sure. Where they're just throwing everything they can at it and, you know, maybe a couple things will stick. I do think eventually we will get to the point where we will have either a lot of VR titles for like a uh, PlayStation or PC that will interface with these units um, and I think we just haven't quite hit that yet, but I yeah. think we're getting close to it. It'd be really nice if you could use it between systems. So like it's more game dependent. So like if you had something like Arma 3 or whatever, you'd be able to play it among the machines. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you had to have the game on different places, you could use that accessory on all of the systems. That would be very helpful. If they do a PS5 exclusive VR set, it's kind of like... Oh, okay, and then I have to buy another one for this and another one for that. Right. It just becomes too much. Um, just like personal. the PS4 VR set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> totally fair. Unfortunately, a pretty expensive unit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think peripherals are definitely better when they have um, more than just a, a single use. 
I think that's some of the trouble that we started seeing with uh, some of the Guitar Hero and Rock Band controllers. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, I think when we were in college, our friend Alex had Xbox, Mm -hmm. and I had PlayStation. So all of my peripherals were all PlayStation-based, and his were Xbox-based. So we couldn't share them and, like, use them together. And, you know, of course, a lot of that's by design. But if you have the ability and you're targeting the sort of game that encourages collaboration uh it's always better if your friend's stuff will work with your stuff yeah <laughs> no i agree 100 percent. like even when we talk about playing a game it's like well you know i have it on a console you guys have it on pc and no one wants to really adopt crossplay too much though i will say i think we're in like an unprecedented era of crossplay like very you true never used to see this kind of like Fall Guys, you can play across yeah. uh, Rocket League. Rocket League's a big play one, across. definitely. Yeah, well, I've seen Fortnite. And, um, Switch players. Fortnite, that's the one I can think of. Yep, Fortnite's another one. Yeah. So, I, I think that is improving the way that that's going to work, and I could definitely see a case where VR would be adopted across platforms mm-hmm. um, with units that would work on PC, Xbox, especially PC and Xbox. I mean, I think Microsoft is doing away with that whole dichotomy. That's yeah. true. Yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. I agree with Microsoft being the one to do that. I mean, they've I mean, even yeah. said that with their acquisition of what is it, ZeniMax, whoever owns mm-hmm. Bethesda now, that you know they don't even really need to worry about game sales. They'll just push it all to PC, which is fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been interesting how accessories have kind of dwindled a little bit more over time. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of that does come from standardization and just kind of better hardware to begin with. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, like we were discussing the magnifying glass for the Game Boy and stuff like that. Yeah. Even um, one of my favorite things, the Super Game Boy, um, which for any children under the age of... 20 i guess um was basically a big old cartridge you would put into your super nintendo that could also take a game boy cartridge and then you could play your game boy slap it in there yeah on a tv oh so good that's how i played pokemon because i couldn't to go back to the screen difficulty with the game boy i couldn't see so i just played it that way Megan, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> um, it also it also helped alleviate my parents going, you're going to go blind yep. staring at that thing all the time. Exactly. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, you know, we don't really need that anymore because your Nintendo Switch can just dock and go onto the TV. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you don't need the light anymore because, well, Everything Game Boys lit. are backlit yeah. now. <laughs> Look at uh, memory cards. You know, that was a huge oh, thing. You'd have to get a memory card to save your game data. Or even, I think when Donkey Kong was released, they put out that storage expansion thing that you would actually have to put into the Nintendo yeah. 64. On the 64? Yeah. yeah. That that thing was bizarre. Can yeah. we can we talk about that for one minute? Just like the, it, I think it was just a memory module. Uh-huh. Honestly, like it just had more. That's all RAM it was. Yeah. for the Nintendo sixty four. But there were games that would not run without it. Like Perfect Dark was uh-huh. the number one ex, uh, example because my cousin bought Perfect Dark uh, at one point, and you know we used to play Goldeneye all the time and all this, and I think he got it cheap somewhere, plugged it in. We were trying to play it, and you couldn't do anything. Like it would start up. 
And I think you could just like run around. Yeah. But you could not do anything else without that memory module. I actually Donkey just Kong 64. found my perfect dark copy. I'm not even Ooh. kidding. I just Ooh. found it the other day. Such a good game. That was a wonderful Such game. Such a good game. I loved that game. It, it was basically basically just ultimate GoldenEye. Well, <laughs> when I found out you list. could have AI in that game and it would like keep track of your stats and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I could be an amazing player. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember there were like new can grenades in that yep. game. Yep. It was the craziest thing. Yeah, the memory module was crazy. And I mean, Nintendo 64 had a lot of those kind of weird things because the rumble packs were in yep. that as well. Yeah. Um, I think there was like a... A camera plug-in to the back of the controller that you could get? There was a camera plug-in. So I think the camera plug-in came from the Game Boy Color. You would, yes. It was like a cartridge that you would slide in. And then they also made their version of like the Super Game Boy for the N64, where it looked like a rumble pack. You would plug it into the controller, and you could put in your, your Game Boy games. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's what I was thinking. So of. you could put in the camera that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, and then I know, um, you know, Pokemon Stadium. Really, you really needed yeah, that so you uh, could expansion for that. Transfer your uh, your Pokemon, your Mons. Yeah, um, I have that and, game. And too. of course, <laughs> also a great game. Um, and there was actually a similar peripheral for the GameCube too, because you could do mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance games yeah. um, and Game Boy Advance controllers for uh, uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. And I, I just want to mention the best peripheral of all time that we've all been neglecting. Uh, the fishing rod controller for every system oh. ever <laughs> made for that one fishing game that no one owned. <laughs> Speaking of Perfect Dark, um, would go to my friend Owen's place and we'd play Perfect Dark. And if we ran out of controllers, that fishing rod controller was over there, boy. You best learn how to shoot somebody and throw <laughs> that new can grenade with the fishing rod. I think that's all I've got in my brain on peripherals until something else gets stirred up. Yeah, I don't let them stir uh, it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I think it was a good discussion. A nice little walk down memory lane, as they say. I always appreciate when you guys indulge me on on talking about things that I loved as a kid. Anyone else have anything to add? Not you, Tom. You don't get to uh, to say anything else. <laughs> I want to subtract. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I'd say is that people that are like. Tom said, probably under the age of 20, are like, you had to get all these things to do just these basic things? It's like, yes, children. Yeah. We had yeah, to we do did. it. Be, lucky, <laughs> be thankful. You're so lucky. Everything's <laughs> built be, in now. Yep. It must be way cheaper to be a gamer now. Oh, it is. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I think that about wraps it up. As always, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Leave us a review. Give us some stars. Uh, if you leave us a review, tell us. Maybe we'll like give you a shout-out or something like that or read it on the podcast. I don't know. I'm just saying things to get you to do stuff. Uh, you can follow us online at JoyPadPod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email us with things that you might want us to talk about or if you have any comments, critiques, criticism, whatever, you can email us at is it JoyPadPod at gmail.com. You got it. Ah, perfect. Very good. Am I forgetting anything else? Oh, the YouTubes. Uh, that is at Joy... Just Joypad. Just Joypad on yep. YouTube. You can see us playing uh, Diablo uh, as well as see some other things there. But I think that about wraps it up, right? Yes? No? Maybe? That's everything. Great job. Cool. 
Tom. Put a bow on it. <laughs> Bam. You can speak now, Tom. Okay. All right, everyone. As my former child self would say, stay joyful. Bye. 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 Bye.